Hey, this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, a podcast in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. Our goal on The Uncommon Truth is to have conversations about authentic Christianity, both for individual believers and for the body of Christ in general. The way we do that is by having conversations with individuals who seem to be doing life in sort of unique ways, ways that wouldn't be very common here in North America. So if you enjoy thinking about your faith, or maybe you've just thought, hey, there's something missing in my Christianity, and uh, I want to know what it is, then I think the uncommon truth is going to be right up your alley. Today we've got a couple guests joining us. The first one is Nick Zeppi. He is a pastor here at the Father's House Church, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about his journey to becoming a pastor and what you can expect from the upcoming men's conference here at the Father's House Church called Jesus Man. He's going to be speaking there, and he's going to tell us a little bit more about that. After that, I have a really cool discussion with another pastor, staff member here at the Father's House Church, Ildiko Zink. Ildiko is from Hungary, and she's been at the Father's House since basically the beginning. I think for a lot of us, myself included, I think we take a, a little bit of an individualistic approach to Jesus and, and the gospel and, and life in Christianity in general. At least for myself, I know that when times get tough, I sort of just double down on my own strength and try to muddle through with whatever reserves I've got. And that could be a really quick way to burn out, especially going about life and faith. And Ildiko joins us to share a little bit about some revelations she's had about that approach and what's wrong with it and ways to overcome that. So that's what we're going to be talking about with her. Make sure you stick around after that. I will give you some more details about the upcoming Jesus Man conference you won't want to miss. And there's some other things that you'll have to listen to the end of the show to hear. I won't spoil them for you. So definitely stay to the end and I'll get you those. And until then, this is Max and this is The Uncommon Truth. All right, well, I'm, I'm here with Nick Zeppi, and he's a pastor at the Father's House Church here. He's a, a friend of mine, and I wanted to have him on to talk a little bit about this upcoming men's conference we've got coming up, because he's going to be speaking on it. So welcome to The Uncommon Truth, Nick. Thank you, Max. So, it's, uh, it's pretty cool that you finally uh, you finally drew my number here. Yeah, I could be coming the to podcast. the bottom of the bucket, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was kind of wondering when my number was going to get called. 39. There Not to go. go orphan on you, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a pleasure to be here, man. Thank you. Yeah. So um, give us a little bit. I know we had your wife, Jessica, on yeah. um, probably a few few episodes back in the back catalog. People can check that out. But she didn't really tell us a whole mu- much about her. It was uh, about you. It was more about her yeah. and her story. She comes from Ohio. Mm-hmm. I forget that the, it was a pretty interesting town name. Pataskala. Pataskala. Yeah. I Some like people it. even wonder if that even exist right well it's better than <laughs> where uh where chloe comes from with the uh glen of uh the vale of glamorgan in, yeah. in wales but yeah um so tell tell us about uh, how do you become a pastor at the father's house church Wh- where'd you come from yeah so my road was a little bit different than most um i showed up at the father's house uh actually almost seven years to the date i showed up at january 23rd wow. 2013 okay um and i showed up uh, I was addicted to meth, mm. IV meth user. Um, and, uh, here at the father's house, we have a, um, 
a 12-month discipleship, a recovery discipleship. And so I showed up for that yeah. to get recovery. Uh, had no intentions of sticking around. Mm-hmm. I just uh, Actually, my employer sent me here. Really? And so I was doing the program to appease my employer. Um, like I said, I had no inten- intentions on staying, but um, uh, uh, upon my arrival here, I had a collision with the cross and um, ended up sticking around, doing the yeah. school of ministry, yep. doing the internship. Um, now I'm on senior staff, uh, uh, an ordained pastor here, um, and I run a couple of our ministries uh, that we have here. Now I'm actually the assistant director for life recovery ministries. That's crazy. Yeah. And, um, and then I also run a, like a handyman type business construction mm-hmm. style business that we have here, um, called helping hands. All right. And, um, so, and that you get to work with a lot of the guys that are currently in life recovery ministries, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, we give them the opportunity to, work for me, uh, work for our church, give their lives away, um, teach them life skills, but teach them work skills at the same time. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I just get to, I get to spend all day with them, um, pouring into them, um, showing them, yeah, how to use their hands, but most importantly, how to, how to walk as a man in integrity and in, yeah. char- uh, in good character. So it's pretty special. It's pretty cool. That's crazy. That's one of the things that when I first came here, um, I was drawn to, like, I've worked with a lot of nonprofit places running a camp. You kind of take people and let's go to the soup kitchen and help out or let's go to the shelter and help out or let's help out with this recovery thing here and there. And you never run into people who who came through the program themselves. Some, mm. Maybe some of the volunteers helping out yeah. here and there, but you never meet, you know, a someone like you who's like yeah i i graduated this program and now yeah. i run the program yeah. this program saved my life and now i'm i'm turning around and helping save other people's lives yeah which is which is crazy it was a huge testimony like oh may, maybe this place is a place that we need to check out and of course then we did and came back and now the rest is history yeah so so that was all made possible through through discipleship right yeah yeah um you know, uh, about four months into me doing Life Recovery Ministries, uh, I met Derek, mm-hmm. um, our men's pastor here, who's putting on the conference. And uh, I met him. Uh, it was strictly just uh, I knew he was an athlete. And yeah. I, w- I was an athlete. Um, and he was starting a gym, the Lord's Gym. Mm-hmm. And I wanted him to train me. I wanted to work out with him. Yeah. And um, and so he, he agreed to that. And, uh, it quickly became, um, apparent that Jesus had way bigger of a plan than just us going in and gaining muscle. Yeah. Right. He, uh, he, he began to mentor me and to disciple me and to show me, um, how this, uh, how these, uh, how to be just a Jesus man, yeah. really how to be a man who people can count on and, who can have inner purity and who can be a, um, who can just be, uh, you know, just a good influence for other guys. Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, that's how it started off with me. Yeah. You actually come to think about it. You have been talked about on this podcast. I don't know if you know that, but we had, we've had Danielle and Derek both on, yeah. uh, and Danielle's Derek's wife. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she, 
you, she told the story about how in, in the podcast about just saying yes to Jesus, like, yeah. why is it so hard to just, if you know what he says to do it? And, and it is hard because, um, she told the story about how Derek had got the call to, to go and, and get a tryout with a football team. And, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, like, Oh, maybe we, we should just pray about it. And he's like, Oh, really? I mean, this is what we've been waiting for. This is right. what we've been praying for for years. And, no intentions on being staying around in Orville. Right. He was just waiting for the call. And you know? uh, and he hears the Lord say to him, "What's going to happen to Nick if you're gone?" And yeah. so take this story from there. Like you, he you were kind of like you and Derek became real good friends after that, right? Yeah, I mean we're best man, best friends. He was my best man in in my wedding, and um, we just have an inseparable relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he gave me an invitation to do life with him and Danielle. Yeah, they didn't just say, "Hey, we're gonna uh, we're gonna deliver a message to you once a week, and uh, you're gonna take it home and you're gonna apply it to your life." No, he yeah. gave me an invitation into his life, and he said, "I want you to follow me, mm-hmm. and I want you um, to learn about Jesus and learn about the gospel." And um, he showed me that, and he continues to show me that, and so. Uh, he didn't just, uh, we weren't just working out. Mm-hmm. We were doing life together. Yeah. And, um, and he's really shown me how to be a man and, uh, shown me how to, uh, go after Jesus, man, with everything. Yeah. You know, he, he, you know, a lot of people don't realize this is that they, there was no guarantee on whether or not I was going to stick around. Mm-hmm. I was four months into a, uh, into a program. Right. Yeah. And uh, at the time, to tell you the truth, I had no intentions of, of sticking around. Hmm. And so he, he, he laid down his dream, his lifetime dream so that I could make it potentially make it. And there was no guarantee in that. Yeah. Um, you know, we know that fast forward seven years, we know that I did. And so that's, that's awesome, but there was no guarantee in that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's what makes it super special is that, uh, that's how selfless, uh, Derek is, and that's yeah. what that's what Jesus does to our hearts, right? And is he just creates us into this pe- person that's willing to lay our lives down for somebody else with no guarantee, mm-hmm. right? So, so why should somebody come check out one of your sessions at at the conference? It's called Jesus Man, yeah, the Jesus Man Conference. It's going to be March twenty uh, twenty fourth through twenty sixth here at the Father's House in Oroville, and I'll throw that website out later. But why why should some some men listening? think about coming and checking out the conference well it's real and it's raw Hmm. and um you know you know the saying you don't realize what you have until it's gone right yeah well you get that when you also step away for a short time even when it's just to go visit another church or Mm -hmm. or 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 step away for a week to 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 go visit family or something and just recently i went and i saw another church and spent some time with them in the background and um you know what they did church really well their messages were awesome their worship was awesome but they lacked discipleship Mm -hmm. right they did they lacked uh strong men in their life and they lacked um instructions on how to become this yeah and that's what we're doing is we're we're inviting men to come and find out how to be a Jesus man, how to, um, uh, how to keep your masculinity as a man, yeah. but, um, also, um, 
just be a man of good character and, and, and good integrity. And, um, it, you'd be missing out if you didn't come because yeah. it's going to be awesome. It's going to be real. Like I said, it's going to be raw. Um, but it's what the world needs. Mm-hmm. Well, I came away, like I said, I went, I went away and I, and I, and I really just saw the need for these messages that we're going to bring, um, to the whole, we, we, the, the need for it in our in the whole world. Yeah. We really do need it. Well, that's, it. that's a bit what this podcast is about is taking ideas that when I got here, I found them to be really uncommon. That's why we call it the uncommon truth. Cause this isn't something what's going to be preached at this and taught at this men's conference that Jesus man is not, not common in, right. even in Christianity. Right. And right. so, um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hearing you speak yeah. and, uh, and we'll get you back on the podcast yeah, for, a, for a full, full on. I want to hear your story. I want to hear, yeah. uh, some of the things that, that Jesus has been teaching you and, yeah. and some of the uncommon truth straight from your, straight from your lips. So right on, thanks man. for making the time. And, uh, if you want to hear Nick, come come over to the uh, the JesusManConference.com, JesusManConference.com, and uh, I'll put that down in the link below this episode, and you can register and check us out. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Max. All right. Well, welcome to The Uncommon Truth. I'm here with Ildiko Zink, and um, yeah, Ildiko is actually the person who... There's lots of people, you hear this all the time, we had Danielle on who like approved the podcast proposal for me when I said, hey, this would be a cool way to go. But Ilico is actually the person who who first saw it and said, you need to write up a proposal, I think this is right. And uh, so it's been a long time coming, episode 39 I think it is. Uh, now we've got you on the air, so thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So what made you think that the the podcast was going to be a, a success when when I was like first laid out by this like intern guy who who kind of came in and just like hey let's start a podcast honestly it was honestly it was your passion and just your determination and I just knew that if you started and did something that you were actually really passionate about then it will be a success because you in in your history of what you've done in the past everything you've done has been a success so I just knew if we just found something that you're actually excited about, even though you were just a first year intern, mm-hmm. that it was just going to be excellent because you're going to make it excellent. And the podcast is something that is tapping into the communication of today's world. And it's something that we haven't done before. So, yeah, yeah. it's it's fun. It's definitely it definitely takes um, 39 episodes and takes a little bit of determination, right? Because there's yeah. weeks it's just like, man. Um, how are we going to fit this in? Like, this is this is our third time trying to record because you got sick the yeah. first two times, right? <laughs> yes. And then we, we both Evil have plug. kids that yeah. don't sleep at night and things like that. But the the outcome of, of like actually talking to people who say, oh, I listened to that that podcast. And, That's so cool. And I, what this person said or how you asked this question really changed how I thought. And that's kind of what I had in mind when we first when we first put it together. That's so awesome. I'm glad thank, it thanks for out. believing in me. Of course. Um, we wanted to name it something else. I had this idea of a name for the podcast and Ilika was like, that's the worst name. <laughs> I, I wanted to call it, it like, um, I think it, and this, this is such a perfect name now. Um, but my first idea was, uh, a Christianity that works podcast. Cause yes. that's one of the things that Steve says a lot. That's right. And, uh, you were like, no, hard no, hard pass. It's not going to be called <laughs> Didn't that. Say hard no. I think and, I was still pregnant. <laughs> and I, I thought, oh man, like I was really sort of 
holding on to that, like really wishing that would be like, oh, that sounds like it would work. And then I tried practicing it on because uh, I made like a little promo to see how see how all the recording yeah. software and stuff worked. And I, I couldn't even say it right. Like <laughs> a Christianity that works. No, it's, it kept kind of kind of sounding like P-podcast. a Christianity that twerks. <laughs> twerks. I was like, no, that's not that's that not the work. demographic we're going for. <laughs> Christian twerkers, it? right? I mean, that's we'll, amazing. we'll take all the listeners we can get. <laughs> we don't condone Christian twerking. This is fun. So <laughs> thanks for helping me hone down to the uncommon truth. I think yeah, it's a much better welcome. name. It kind of... <laughs> talks about yeah what and look do, at you so. just flew with that and it's totally your own so yeah it's awesome so you're joining us today because yes. you've got a super unique story yeah. and god's been teaching you some things and uh and and you were saying that th- these are things that that aren't really common in the church mm-hmm. to to hear talked like spoken about right and um i just like having your unique perspective on so thank you I, if if you can't tell, so Ildico is not really a normal Northern California name, no. and you <laughs> sound a little bit like you might be from somewhere far and wide. So where'd you come from, and how'd you get here? Yeah, so I'm I was born and raised in Hungary, um, Europe. So that's like right in the middle of Europe. I was born in '89, just before uh, socialism ended. Mm-hmm. So I was born in the People's Republic of Hungary, actually. <laughs> so as you can imagine, life was quite different. Mm-hmm. A very free and welcoming place to be born into. Yes. And, not. you know, our biggest worries were like, you know, what kind of white bread do we get to eat? No. Mm-hmm. But um, it's actually very similar to how some of the older generation here grew up. And I grew up with some of the same similar difficulties, even though we have 30 years in between us. Yeah. So um, definitely a different worldview um, that I have. I mean, we, I remember when we got our first microwave, you know, nice. and um, when past eight o'clock, there wasn't any TV, you know, and mm-hmm. there was only one channel, you know, and um, it was very, you know, poverty stricken. And um, it was very, uh, very divided and just, just picking it, the country was just picking itself up from yeah. the dust. And so I was kind of a surprise baby. My, um, my dad was 47 when I was born and my mom was 30 and it was just basically a fling that, that turned into mm. me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, my dad worked abroad. He was one of the very few people that was able to um, be contracted in some of the other countries. So you can um, actually leave. Beh- mm-hmm. That was behind the Iron Curtain, right? Yeah. And so, well, not not necessarily. Not totally. Yeah, he was like in East Germany. And okay. um, back then it was Czechoslovakia and yeah. stuff like that. So he wasn't leaving the Soviet bloc. Right, but he was, but he was able to leave the country. The country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, later on, he was able to go to Austria, which was past yeah. the curtain. And he, um, so he wasn't around. And um, my mom was, um, my mom was very broken. So she, um, she was definitely a product of some abuse and just unfortunate circumstances. And um, one of, she was one of those people that probably wasn't suited to have children Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so um she was very abusive and she was um she had a lot of rage and anger and um it didn't start until I was like a year year and a half old but she when I was six months old she quickly realized that she was kind of 
bored of being a mom so she mm. just started leaving me with people and just doing her own thing and by the time I was two she started to um get into like trafficking prostitutes from well back then it was Yugoslavia and um like trafficking some contrabands from eastern mm. countries into western countries because now you wow. could do that and um she had lots of different boyfriends and she was part of a motorcycle gang and um yeah it was, she was just she was also into um like palm reading and fortune wow. telling and she was you know like i said she was abusive but not just physically but verbally and emotionally and somewhat spiritually and um she just wasn't around so she just yeah. like left me with people that she just met and then um later on she would just take me with her to like to different parties and um and i even to this day i kind of joke about it that like thanks to that i can sleep any in any circumstances yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> i could fall asleep under any circumstances but it was just a I was I grew up with just a really void of love and comfort and just any any sort of you know I don't know tender loving care that mm -hmm. you're supposed to be experiencing um my dad's side of the family didn't like her so I didn't have a lot of um love from them either because I can I look a lot like her so they didn't they automatically mm. didn't like me because of her wow so it was just I was just kind of the black sheep of the family and I just grew up to believe that I was just here on this earth to be used and abused and um didn't really see much um different purpose to me um when I was 10 I moved in with my stepmom and my my dad and um there was some difficulties there when i was 12 and so i decided to move in with my half sister who then lived here in the united states okay and she is um my half sister on my dad's side so there's 19 years in between us and wow. she said she's going to adopt me and i thought you know anything to get out of my current circumstance and yeah. anything to get out of just just real demons you know just mm -hmm. get away from my demons you know um by that time, I had completely just no relationship with my mom. She left to travel the world and left me. And that's bas that's basically why I moved in with my dad because yeah. I had nowhere else to go. And then, um, yeah, it was just, it was, uh, it was a difficult transition. I didn't speak any English. I learned everything I know now here, you know, mm -hmm. fumbling through school and, um, and everything. And, you know, my sister, she had all the right intentions, but she had a similar-ish childhood with her own mom. Mm -hmm. um, and But she never really dealt with it. So it was a lot of things under the surface. And um, I really want to honor her for the decision to take me in. However, it was just... Um, a very religious environment yeah. of uh, love was very much um, looked different day to day. And I knew that I was, was like dependent on on what you did. right? Yeah. And what I didn't do. And, you know, and, and basically her mood, you know, she was she was just troubled. And then later on, she started abusing methamphetamines and um, she hit it pretty well. Um, but she was using for about 10 years. Wow. And, um, yeah, right around the time um, I met Steve and Vicky, who are the pastors of this church, because um, we started coming here. 
um, I started going to their youth group and I just really felt a difference versus of what I experienced at my now home and then at this church and with mm-hmm. them. It was, they just loved me because, because they wanted to. There yeah. was no strings attached, you know. I, I later then realized there was a lot of strings attached with my sister and a lot of depth that I didn't know I owed to her. Yeah. Um, and then when she came collecting and I didn't want to succumb to that, it was uh, a hard cutoff and that was really unfortunate. But um, when I was 18, because she didn't file my paperwork correctly, um, I actually became illegal and really? I had no passport. And I had no paperwork. I couldn't leave. I was in contact with every government official trying to figure out my paperwork, mm-hmm. um, which I became really good at immigration paperwork. Yeah, you're, you're actually <laughs> the one that helped uh, Shreya <laughs> yeah, get her green exactly. card. So we have um, you to thank for that. Yeah, so, um, you know, in the meantime, I was just stuck. And that's what they told me. They just said, you know, sit tight. There's a new law coming out. And that's all we can advise you right now, it's, mm-hmm. you know. And so... Um, you know, in the meantime, they really took me in. This church really, really took me in and began to work on my uh, my wounding, you know, in that. And I have really come a long way just of all the hurts and pains that I've experienced in my life. But still, to this day, there was just new stuff that um, the Lord is bringing up and um, challenging me on things that I just had no concept about. One is, you know, comfort. You mm-hmm. know, he just recently opened up that lane in my heart and in my spirit that I just had no concept of, like didn't even know where to file it. So, yeah. Yeah. So the idea of the idea of being comforted yourself was, was just something you had no framework for, right? Just so foreign. Like it was, um, can I tell you a little story of how I just came about? Yeah. So it was, so I just had a newborn, um, four months ago and like, I think it was like day three, we were home and she was fed. I changed her. Uh, she burped. She all just the small woke up. victories, like, right? Everything yeah. was done, you know, like yeah. all her basic needs were met and she was wailing. Like she was crying. And I'm just like, what is wrong with this child? Like yeah. I have no idea. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. And my husband's just like, honey, like maybe she just needs some comfort. And it was just like the light went off in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, what do you mean? Like I've supplied all the basic needs. Yep. What do you mean she needs the, comfort? The like, boxes that's, are checked. Yeah, yep. that's not a need. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. all, that's optional. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I just comforted her. And it was like the seas calmed down, you yeah. know. And it was really right then and there that God just began to speak to me, the essential nature of comfort and how I thought it was so foreign because I was severely lacking in yeah. that, you know? And same thing that, you know, when people said like, oh, she just wants her mom. And I thought, you know, well, any, you know, suck a pound of flesh will do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Why is it me that she wants, yeah. you know? And it was just the, the idea of comfort and um, through that intimacy uh, has really shaped and challenged my relationship with, with Jesus mm-hmm. for yeah, better. I, I often think, so you know, we've got three and, and, uh, my, my daughter, Eloin is a little, like just a little bit older than your daughter, Remy, yeah. right? They're, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to be good friends. I think so too. They're polar opposites. Yeah. They're very opposite. <laughs> um, even it's weird, even at such a young age, you yeah. can tell how, how opposite, right? Yeah. But, um, 
I often think like the first baby, I felt this like, well, you can't let us leave yet. It's only, yeah. it's only like day three. Like <laughs> this is criminal. Yeah. You can't let us stay. We don't like, we brought this sleeper that we thought would fit because we lived in Canada, right? It's yeah. just freezing yeah. in April, still freezing in April. Yeah. And we had this, it was like a zero to three months sleep, uh, this like fuzzy, like parka thing. Yeah. And it was like, she, she didn't even, her toes didn't even get to like the crotch <laughs> point of this thing. And the yeah. nurses are just like, well, we've seen worse so yeah. you'll be fine We're like no <laughs> no no good. no i think we need to stay like an extra three days right, right? yeah um, seriously but i'm listening to your story i just think of how different of a perspective that is mm-hmm. especially for myself as a millennial who grew up in in the west where like the the idea of comfort is just natural to yeah. me like i almost like i've always got comfort and i didn't have a great situation growing up but it wasn't it was nothing like yours and yeah. it wasn't it was there's freedom and you know i didn't have cable tv but i didn't have one channel that yeah. shut off at 8, 8 p.m <laughs> yeah. right like um and i think when when people my my age and perspective here in the west think about comfort we think about how much comfort i need to have or yeah the desire to seek comfort and you're actually coming at the from the opposite perspective right yeah because i think we even misjudge the the actual meaning of comfort you know and in second corinthians um it addresses you know the god of all comforts and compassion you know and um and you know pretty soon holy spirit just began to unravel all these instances where even jesus himself needed comfort Mm -hmm. and then he turned around and gave us comfort you know so um it was just a very eye-opening of how much it intimacy requires this you know comfort of just like here i am this is completely you know exposed to you god you know Mm -hmm. and just come into those deepest most rawest parts of me you know and whatever it looks like i'm i'm yours you know and um i came across this uh this article uh, from the 1940s where they did an experiment on babies. Do you know about that? I think I've heard of it. It sounds really familiar. Yeah, it's um, it's horrendous. But um, they did this, this experiment of withholding comfort from babies, a group of babies. And the babies that were, um, all their, their needs were met, all their basic needs were met. They lived in a sterile environment. Yeah. But um, they received zero nurturing, zero comfort. Mm -hmm. And within, I think, well, before the program got shut down, by the time I think half the babies have died just from the lack of comfort. It's horrendous. And they called it failure to thrive. Um, And even the ones who um, got rescued, um, because they already have given up, they they have died as well. And so um, one of the, the studies in it showed that like, uh, some time before the babies had passed, they would even stop crying because mm-hmm. they just realized that they there's no point. There's no point. Yeah. And so Jesus just really began to show areas in my heart where I've just stopped crying. You know, I've stopped mm-hmm. crying out. I stopped crying out for help. And then I began to think about the church. You know, that when we go through difficulties, that when we experience hardships or not even not even earth shattering moments, but just little stuff. Yeah. We because maybe of our upbringing or of our past, we just, we stop reaching out. We stop quote unquote crying out. And then we become really spiritually dead. You know, we're just walking around spiritually dead, you know, and he is just so desperate to come in and 
breathe life into us, you know? And so, um, you know, in the past I've reserved that, that spot of, I need your comfort to really tragic instances or, or, you know, prayer ministry or Mm -hmm. something, you know, that was just like purposefully for that, you know? But what he's showing me is, and especially through my daughter, that it's, it doesn't require an appointment. It doesn't require anything, um, of official. It's, it really needs to be part of a lifestyle that his comfort, his intimacy really of just, he's our first stop. He is our, our first reach for comfort, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because I worked in addiction ministries for 10 years. Yeah. And I knew this in my head, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I knew that people, the reason people become addicted is because they look for comfort for their pain in different, you know, avenues. The wrong but then, way, yeah. yeah. But then it never quite translated into me who never struggled with addiction mm-hmm. to, oh, I need this as well. Yeah. And I think there's just a lot of people that, are you know quote-unquote fine and okay yeah that are actually really suffering yeah i i see that too i mean when when you when you're sort of like in that middle ground of like well i'm like life isn't isn't everything i always wanted it to be but i can find so many people around me that have it so much worse so why should i why should I think about that? You know, like I'll just mm-hmm. keep plodding along. Mm-hmm. I'll just keep going about my like yep. Do it myself. almost almost like I don't deserve to be comforted yeah. or um, or it's like, well, you know, there's always somebody worse off than you. So right. just be thankful. And there's good there's good reason to keep your perspective on that. Yeah. But it's uh, it's kind of like if you if you're not allowing yourself to be comforted by God or not seeking him for comfort, it's like you never never coming home right yeah. never coming home at the end of a day when it's yeah. like you just had a long day and that's something that's for me um so i we both of us have chats with vicky and she's been on the podcast she's amazing right yeah and, um one thing for me i've been here for all, uh, like over a year and a half and i realized i don't have pic like i didn't put pictures on the walls uh, mm-hmm. in my apartment that we live in. I didn't really, and I'm a photographer, right? Yeah. So you are too, right? We know pictures are meaningful. Yeah. I didn't even put them on the walls. I don't have any like mementos on mm-hmm. my desk. Yeah. I have a laptop that I, you know, I can work wherever. Yeah. And, uh, she's like, you don't feel like you're at home here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how long, like God called me here, but I don't know how long yeah. he called me here for. Yeah. And, and she's like, do you think you belong anywhere? Mm-hmm. And that one hit me like, I don't know because yeah. because there's that similar story of like I had a family where I just didn't know where home was yeah right and then when I was at home um no, nothing near your story but it would, it would be like so what are you gonna do next like you've right. been here for a week what's right. what's your plan right yeah and so there's strings attached to yeah. to my thought of home right and so just allowing myself to be like okay I'm gonna follow Jesus mm-hmm. and for now Jesus and my family are home that's for me. right Right. Yeah. And, uh, that's been like two weeks ago that happened and still just, just the, uh, walking in, walking into my, my job, my day, day to day job and not feeling like, uh, well, I better not get out of the park today or this isn't going to be, this mm. isn't going to be like home right. or, you know, yeah. So that's that's a different spin. That's perf- no, that's, that's sort of performance, but still. But there is a need for that comfort in there as well. So mm-hmm. wh- what I, I mean, I had the same, you know, thoughts and, you know, similar. And it's just, um, you know, we do very well one side of the equation, which is, you know, telling ourselves the truth and knowing what he says and kind of 
telling yeah. ourselves it's going to be okay. But then the other side of it is that, you know, like God, just where are you in this? You know, mm-hmm. I, I need you. I need your comfort in this. I'm scared. I'm, yeah. I'm fearful. I'm, I don't, I, I, I know the truth, but my heart just needs that your touch, you yeah. know, and not being afraid of that and not viewing it as weakness, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, but actually viewing it as, you know, we are made for this, you know? I mean, when Adam and Eve were trying to do things on their own, you know, that's what really got them in trouble. Yeah. You know? yep. And, you know, who knows what would have happened if they would have reached out to God. I don't, I don't know, but I'd like to think that, um, you know, that's, that's his goal from the get go is that, that connection and that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that heart to heart with him, you know? And, and all of the other things that we practice so well, you know, and we have seen success from. But I think this, because it requires not a formula and not an equation, yeah. and it requires so much of trust and heart, mm-hmm. uh, we tend to leave it for those emergencies. Times, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the, it's, it's so easy to say, because one thing that Steve has made a tenant of the Father's house is just read the words of Jesus and do them, yeah. right? And there's, there's uh, it's pretty easy to say like, okay, well, check off the giving box, check mm-hmm. off the, the um, like working hard for, yeah. for the Lord, I get to work for Jesus, all these things that are easy, like I can see if I'm doing them or not. Yeah. Um, and then you, you sort of set aside or I'll get to this one later of actually right. um, knowing him and right. being known by him. Right. Uh, because it's just like it's just human nature you do the things that you're you're good at right yeah. and um and so there's there's people it seems like there's people that are that haven't haven't come as far at the um at the logical steps as right. myself but are way farther along on the just crawling up into the lord's arms and just yeah. you know feeling in in his presence like man we, we need to teach each other these things yeah right? i i absolutely agree with that and um you know and the one i want to asterisk that as well because i think you know in some circles that have been kind of um m- miss a little bit perverted you know mm-hmm. where it's just uh, it was majored on you know i just god approves of me everything's okay you know yeah. all, all of that stuff but what i am getting from the New Testament and scriptures and everything is that, you know, it's the complete abandonment of ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. just like, just like my daughter was towards me. It's just like, she was at my mercy. She was at, you know, she surrendered herself to me basically, you know, because she was, she needed, just like you said, she needed to feel her home. She needed to feel like she, you know, was with the one she belonged to Mm -hmm. and safety comes out of that. And, um, security and confidence and all of those things that are essential to us comes out of that but it really it can't be on our terms you know it has to be on the comforters terms you know and i think i want to stress that because i don't want it to be just another you know oh he approves of me and everything's okay if i just you know spend some time with him yeah um but it's really just this you know, I'm abandoning all my pride and all my, you know, faces that I want to put on and everything that, you know, I thought I, I am, and I'm just going to be at the mercy of the one who 
gives me security, confidence, mm-hmm. protection, who is my home. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder what our churches would look like if if we could sort of get this, yeah. you know? Um, because for, for me, I think I've approached this as like, well, I know what I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what what do I need to, what does it matter to me if I'm really feeling, like my job is just to, to know, like to know what I'm supposed to do and then do it. Yeah. And, um, and it actually, I've, I'm realizing that not getting that comfort, not getting that home belonging sort of thing mm-hmm. is actually hampering my ability to do, yeah to do anything for Jesus. And, Absolutely. and Steve has been on this thing where, um, where he said, you know, we've got, we've got two approaches. We've got, we're approaching the world like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a leader here. I'm a de- defender i'm a protector kind of he likes to beat his chest like tarzan right yeah um but at the same time turning around and and seeking refuge from god right and so it's like you're simultaneously this helpless infant that can do nothing without him in in the eyes of god absolutely and then the eyes of the world you're this you know defender protector right because in him we are made strong and you know it's just I, it baffled me when, you know, I read with these eyes, you know, um, when Jesus was tempted in the desert, you know, and it's just like the son of God, fully God, fully human was tempted, overcame it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we just think, well, that's that's it. You did your job. You you conquered Satan. Like, how amazing is that? You know, you're, you're done. But he needed the angels to minister to him. Mm-hmm. He needed comfort. He needed to. He needed that, you know, and it's like. If he needs it, why do we think we don't need yeah. it? Why do we think that, oh, we're done, that's it, mm-hmm. you know? And then why did he feel that he needed to comfort his disciples? Yeah. You know, in the garden, moments before, you know, he was going to go get crucified, he knew what was going and he his request was his friends to stay with him, mm-hmm. to stay awake. Yeah, just to be there, just right? To be Not there. to do anything, but no. just be there. Be there. You know, my, my people, the one I trust, the one I, the one, the ones who really know me, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, man, if he needed it, can we just put on our pride and say, we need that too, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking from a church perspective, you started getting, like you found the Lord because there were people here that, you know, Steve and Vicky sort of took you under there and this was like the safe place. Yeah. And I sometimes hear you tell stories or hear them tell stories of, of young Ildiko back in the day <laughs> and, and just like who you were and, and maybe not the easiest person to take under your wing. No. Um, but it was still a safe place. Yeah. And I wonder if, if our churches today have, have kind of sacrificed being that safe place for mm-hmm. people because it's so performance oriented. Um, it's so, it, it just doesn't seem like a very personal place. Like it's yeah. lots of surface level interaction. Yeah. Um, but, not a whole lot of like, hey, I see you, right? And uh, I see all the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I'm glad you're here anyway. Right? Yeah. Not just on Sundays, but yeah. So, what's what do you see as the difference? I don't know. You've never really been to another church. Yeah, I've been. You have. Yeah, I okay. came from another church. Okay. Yeah. So, what, what do you see as the difference between the way your church here approaches that that like connecting with people, seeing and being that comfort home as in in view of the rest of the North American church. Yeah. I mean, I didn't go to, you know, a lot, but I've been right. to a handful and, you know, especially youth groups and that sort of stuff. But, um, 
you know, it is the, um, the priorities are different, you know, um, and it's, you know, here at this church, there's everything that is being taught and modeled. There's such a requirement of faith, you know, it's not just, you can kind of do it in the world and you can kind of do it with your own strength, you know, um, and get by. Like I've seen some of the other churches, it's just Christianese world Mm -hmm. living. Sorry, but that was Mm -hmm. a lot of it, you know, in my experience. Um, But here it's just, you know, you can't do the things we do and live the things we live and be who we are without faith, without Jesus, without him actually providing our very lifeline. You Mm -hmm. know, you can't just do it out of your own strength. It just it's just not possible. It's sometimes it's, it's people impossible. try and then they don't last very long, right? Exactly. And yeah. um and you know, you have to sacrifice something when when you're trying to do that without Jesus, you know, and that's what I've seen in other churches that and the sacrifices are most often our people. It, mm-hmm. it's never the image, it's never the numbers, it's never the programs, it's it's yeah. people, it's relationship, it's being real and raw you know that that's what gets sacrificed you know and um when when you don't have the element of faith when you don't have the element of supernatural then um then you don't get the real product yeah you don't get the real um what he's talking about what he's saying that we can have you know like what steve steve is saying you know the christianity Mm -hmm. that works the well that's that's probably why it only took one one service and one week here for us to say we wanted to at least come back and and be a part of it another time and yeah. and uh, it took one week of being here and watching. We just got through a father's house wedding, yeah. um, and and seeing everybody pull together for a couple that had no money to their name yeah. really, yeah. Um, and they they got a world class wedding, yeah. With thanks to you, world world class photos and <laughs> and uh, you, yeah, I held the light, but um, <laughs> that was really fun. Didn't more than that. So, <laughs> but they got this, and it was all because there was probably seventy people, yeah. eighty people that just gave up one day, yeah, or or a few few days, a couple weeks, throwing some decorations together, and you'd never have been like I was thinking. We paid like ten grand or something for our wedding, oh, wow. and yeah. uh, our wedding, you know, you wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. Wow. And, uh, and so just, just seeing that, like, that's just, uh, like a nor like an example, but yeah, we felt that in one service because Steve's daughter, Nicole came in and made sure we didn't just walk by. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. you, you guys are visiting. So thankful that you're here. Uh, can so I pray cool. for you? Like, what, what are you dealing with right wow. now? And, yeah. and, uh, and that had never happened in one of our other service, you yeah. know, one of our churches, any of the churches we'd been to. Wow. Um, so that's where Steve's like, hey, that's the biggest compliment you can give is that we're real. We're real. Right? Yeah. And um, we actually care. And sometimes real is like tough because, I mean, you listen to the podcast, you know, there's big things going on, big, tough things. Yeah. Um, but the waves are going to hit everybody. So you better be you better be ready. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a it's a real selfless way of living. You know, like you said, those 70 people like. It's because they put those two in front of themselves, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd say, you know, most other places, it's like I said, it's still a Christianese world. Everybody's looking out for number one, you know, and it's 
they'll sacrifice to a point until it hurts them yeah. or their families or whatever, mm. you know. Um, not, you know, give until it hurts and then they stop and we give until it hurts and then we give some more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? And the, the cool thing is we're not like, this is not just you and I saying, Hey, we got it figured out and high-fiving here oh, on the yeah, podcast. No. It's, <laughs> it's the like real learning. I, and that's what I'm hoping at least the podcast is, is for people listening. Like, man, Max sounds a lot different from episode one than he does yeah. to 39. Uh, and it's hard for me to, because I'm living my life, but right. you know, um, hopefully people can see that you know if you go back and listen to the first one yeah um but it's only because we're we're following people that have walked the same steps before right yeah. and um they're saying hey follow me in this absolutely um and it's only if we decide to actually do what they're saying yeah so, yeah. so thank you so much for, You're welcome. Thank you for, for being me. on thanks for believing in the uncommon truth of and not course. letting it be called anything else christianity that twerks podcast there we go <laughs> Um, so thanks, Ildiko. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Max. Well, thanks again for listening and making The Uncommon Truth part of your podcast life. I hope you enjoyed those conversations as much as I enjoyed having them. And I'd love to hear that. If you want to check out the show notes and grab my email, you can send me an email. Tell me what you thought about this episode. Give me some feedback on things that you'd like to hear covered on The Uncommon Truth. And uh, maybe I'll shout you out on the air. While you're there in those show notes, you can also get the website to the Jesus Man Conference. That's jesusmanconference.com. And you can check out other things we've got down there. I've got links to Steve's books on Amazon if you want some more content. Also, the Father's House social media and YouTube channel where you can check out some sermons from Steve and Jordy and some of our other pastors like Nick and Ildico. If that Jesus Man Conference sounds great to you, and I promise it will be, you can go online and register, and for podcast listeners only, I've got a promo code for you. So if you're thinking about coming to the, the Jesus Man Conference March 24th through 26th here in 2020, that's a lot of 20s, you can get $10 off your registration with the promo code PODCAST. So definitely go check out JesusManConference.com and put in the promo code PODCAST and save some money and come out and hear some great teaching Finally, if you're one of those listeners that just listens to the podcast and doesn't leave a review for shame, we need your help. Go ahead and jump over to iTunes, preferably, or wherever you get your podcasts at, and leave us a rating or a review. What that does is just bump us up the podcasting charts, and it allows people who are searching for a new podcast to listen to, to check us out, and to hear the uh, conversations about the church the way Jesus meant it to be. So please leave us a rating or a review. And you can, of course, always send me an email and let me know what you think that way. So thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time on The Uncommon Truth. <laughs>